Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday to you. It is the start of a new week. It's going to be a great week, and we are starting off this week in the Word. We're in the book of Acts. We're starting something brand new. This is Tim with Tim. I'm Tim Harris. We take about 10 minutes, uh, Monday through Friday, and we go verse by verse through the Word of God. When I say verse by verse of the Word of God, I don't mean we started in Genesis and are going through Revelation. We, we move back and forth. We try our best to uh, keep it alive and keep it fresh, and we sort of balance New Testament and Old Testament. We've been in the Old Testament for a while, so I think it, those of you who are with me every day, you're probably as glad as I am to get back into the New Testament, especially the book of Acts. This is going to be so good. I love the book of Acts. The book of Acts is so important uh, because... Uh, I mean, it's the Acts of the Apostles, the New Living Translation says at the very top. Some want to say it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit, you know. At, at any rate, it's the Acts of the Church. It's the story of the Church. It's the birth of the Church. And in many, many ways, uh, Acts is so important because the way that we understand Acts will determine the way we understand ourselves as the Church. Um, so the uh, book of Acts begins, verse 1, In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do. Okay, we've done the book of Luke together, so I think most of you know who Theophilus is, or we don't know who Theophilus is, but you know how his name comes up. Luke, the physician, uh, is the author of the Gospel of Luke, but also the book of Acts. And Luke and Acts are actually part one and part two of one document, one writing. You understand that? So we're beginning part two. He's talking here in my first book. He's talking about the gospel, the book of, uh, the book of Luke. So Luke, Luke now is picking up right where he left off. And he says, in my first book, I talked to you about everything Jesus uh, said and did until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. So what, what Luke is saying is uh, that, that what follows picks up right there with Jesus, which is to say, you know, the, the life of the church, um, uh, everything that continues with the church began with Jesus. You understand? What, what began with Jesus continues through the church, and, and that means us. It continues through us, and I love that. So he goes on, during the 40 days after he suffered and died. So remember, we're coming up to Pentecost. Pentecost is 50 days after Passover. So we're in that gap, and it's not a lot of time. But there were about 40 days, according to Luke here, where Jesus, after he suffered and died, he began to appear to the apostles from time to time. He didn't come and stay. He would come and go. He would appear to them. He would stay with them. He would teach them. He would prove in many ways that he was actually alive. He would talk to them about the kingdom of God. So for 40 days, Jesus would make these resurrection appearances, and it's these appearances that convinced the, the first believers that Jesus lives, that Jesus had risen from the dead. I know, I know that the our favorite song, Because He Lives, says that the empty tomb is there to prove, but remember the empty tomb didn't prove anything. An empty tomb is easy to explain. They could say it's the wrong tomb, or they could say the disciples stole the body, but a living Jesus, you know, standing, teaching, eating, you know, touching, hearing, you know, a living Christ is impossible to deny, impossible to explain away. It's the appearance of the risen Jesus that convinced the earliest disciples that Jesus was alive, that Jesus had come back from the dead. So he taught about the kingdom of God during all of that time. And, and one particular occasion, this is still just the beginning of the book of Acts, 
He commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem. Stay right here until the Father sends you the gift he promises. I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So wait for it. Again, Jesus is preparing them for the fact that he's going to leave. If he doesn't leave, the Spirit can't come. And so Jesus is going to leave, and he's explained to them, you got to wait. You got to wait. There will be a period of waiting for you, and you got to stay put and wait for that Holy Spirit. So then the story picks up in verse 6. When the disciples were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, is, aren't you going to restore the kingdom? You know, Again, still in some ways, it's as if they misunderstand his mission, his purpose. They're about to understand it. But at this phase, it's still, are, are, are you going to restore Israel? Are you, are, are you going to be the king? You know, And Jesus just replies, you know, the Father, you know, yeah, all of those things are going to happen, but the Father has the authority to set those dates, and, uh, and it's not for you to know. So understand, it's not knowledge that they need, although it seems to be knowledge that they want, because they have no idea what's coming, right? But Jesus says, it's not for you to know. It's not knowledge that you need. It's power that you need. It's power because you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. He's going to come upon you and you're going to be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. I love that so much. That's the mission of the church right there. That's your mission and my mission. So in other words, Jesus says, it's not knowledge you're going to need because you got work to do and work requires power. You're going to do my work. You're going to be my witnesses. I love that so much. Um, you probably heard people and thought a lot yourself about Acts 1-8, that idea that the, the mission of the church has this rippling out. Starts in Jerusalem. That's where they are. Starts at home. Judea, a little bit further out. You know, Samaria, and, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. Uh, we tend to play that sort of out in our own minds. You know, so in Woodburn, you know, Woodburn is our Jerusalem. Warren County is our, you know, Judea. Kentucky's our Samaria, you know, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. That lets us sit right here. And then we get to say, you know, that where God might send me in the Philippines, that's the uttermost parts of the earth. In other words, I define the uttermost parts of the earth in terms of, you know, its, its distance from me, you know, how far it is away from me, you know. But it's Jesus talking. So when Jesus talks about the uttermost parts of the earth, it doesn't necessarily mean what's far away from me. We're talking about people far away from him, you understand? And honestly, he's not far away from anybody. So it's just this idea we think, oh my, oh my goodness, would Jesus call me to go far away? Well, it's not far away to him. You know, and so well, missions begins in our own backyard, and it does. But remember, it's all God's backyard. The entire world is God's backyard. So none of this is far away for him. So you have to remember who's giving this commission and what he's asking us to do to the uttermost parts of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud. I guess in all my Sunday school classes as a kid, we talked about the ascension. I sort of pictured Jesus you know, like blasting off like a rocket, you know, straight in, and everybody's just like, you know, where did he go, you know? Um, I don't know that he blasted off like a rocket. I mean, he could have. Um, we all know that heaven is not necessarily on the other side of the clouds. I don't know if Luke knew that, you know? That, that sort of ancient cosmology imagined, you know, these layers of heaven, you know, just being above our heads. And you got the first heaven, the second heaven, which is like where the stars are hung. And then the third heaven is beyond that where heaven is. And I, I just, I don't think that's how the universe is created. And I don't think that Jesus just took off like a rocket and went to heaven. 
Um, although, again, the language in some ways suggests that, but pay attention, it's a cloud. In Scripture, anytime there's this suggestion that somebody sees God, you'll notice there's always this, this revelation. You see, but you also don't. There's a hiddenness. You know, Isaiah writes, you know, and, and you're the king Uzziah died. I saw the Lord he was, and his glory filled the temple and his train of his robe. You know, so as you start reading, you understand, well, he saw God, but mostly what he saw was the train of his robe and the, and the glory, the, the, the cloud. You know, Moses goes up into the thick darkness where the presence of God was. But again, it's a cloud. It's darkness. It's, it's this idea that it's you see but there's also something that continues to be concealed and here this cloud envelops Jesus and it's the cloud that conceals exactly the way in which he is transported from our realm to the spiritual realm and again I don't think it's as simple as just blasting off you know like a bottle rocket but if that's the way you choose to do it he's got it I'm cool with it you understand but I just want to sort of help you understand, you know, the way sometimes it's more complicated than, than the way we pictured, especially the way we picture these stories playing out as children. Uh, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them and said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken away from you into heaven, but someday he'll return from heaven the same way you saw him go. I, I love that. It's from the beginning, part of the gospel. He Jesus has come and he's coming again. In the meantime, we got work to do, you all. And that's basically the story of the book of Acts. What begins with Jesus and begins with these early disciples, it continues with us. Now, if we want to have what they had, we're going to have to do what they did. And, and, and what they had was power. And what they did was wait and pray. You know, they had to wait and pray. That's like two of the things that, that we probably least like doing. Waiting feels like a waste of time, and sometimes prayer does too, if we're honest. But this is exactly what they're going to do. They're going to wait, and they're going to pray until the Spirit comes. Uh, we need that power. We need the Holy Spirit in a fresh way. In our church, I need it in my life, and this is the key. You want what they had, you do what they did. And what they did, they waited, and they, uh, and, and they prayed. I also like that idea that you, you'll, you will receive power and you'll be my witnesses. That power has a purpose. Sometimes we want the power, but we want it for our own purposes. We just want it to do what we want to do. But, but no, there's a power with a purpose and the purpose is for witness. Understand? So that means the more of Jesus that is visible in your life, the more power you will have. The more you live as a witness to Christ, his power, his glory, his mercy, his love, his good news, the more your life points to Jesus, the more of his power you will have. I think that's the message there in Acts verses uh, chapter 1, 1 to 11. We'll pick up right here tomorrow, chapter 1, verses 12 to 26. Okay, y'all know I love all of it, but you're going to have to just prepare yourselves. I love the book of Acts. I love every single verse of this. So just be patient with me. I'm probably going to get a little wild and crazy some of these days. I just get so excited, you all. I love the Word of God. So pick up with me tomorrow. Acts chapter 1, verses 12 to 26. Have a great Monday. I'm going to go to the grocery today. Uh, Lord willing, I'm going to get a haircut. With Some of you probably thinking, you know, thank you, Lord, that he's going to cut that mess. <laughs> I'm going to get a haircut today, and uh, I'm going to look forward to tomorrow. I'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock, 10 with Tim. I love you guys. Have a good day.